Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday. It is 6 p.m. You know what time it is. It's time for Me Powered with Rhonda. And tonight we have a very exciting show because, well, you'll see in a second what, uh, why we came up with the name that we came up with. It's going to be a good one. I tell you, if you've ever had something fall apart at the last second, this is the show to watch, listen to, and re-listen to. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly how to tune in. And by the way, this show has been uploaded to all the major podcasting platforms. I did a post today. It's on Spotify. It's on Spreaker. It's on Deezer. It's on Podcast Attic. It's on. It's coming to iHeart soon. So make sure you listen to us on all of those. But Lady J, tell them how they can listen to us right now. All right. If this is your first time tuning in to Me Powered with Rhonda or JQLM Radio and you would like to share with your family, friends and followers and all the different ways that they can tune in, be sure to tell them to download the JQLM Radio app on their Apple or Android devices. You can also listen live via Amazon Alexa, TuneIn app and stream a simple radio app and a host of other platforms of which you can find located on our website where you can also listen live at Ego Entertainment Net. Dot com. Also, don't forget to follow, like, and share us on social media. You can connect with JQLM Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JQLM Radio. You can connect with Ego Entertainment Network at EgoEntNet. That's E-G-O-E-N-T-N-E-T. -E -E also, you can connect with us on LinkedIn at Ego Entertainment Network as well. And to follow me, you can follow me on um, Facebook at Me Powered. Also, on my personal page, but Me Powered is a brand new Facebook uh, page for this show. Uh, we're also on Instagram at me.powered. And we have a website coming that's in the works right now, mepowered.co. Make sure you listen to that. And we're working on the YouTube channel as well. So make sure you follow me and uh, don't miss a single show that we got coming. So today, let's just say this. All right. So, okay, we'll start it this way. What had happened was <laughs> initially, now, those of you that follow me, I've been doing lives. I've been telling you all about the kids, the, um, the winners of the Black History Bowl. They were going to be on tonight. Well, turns out um, that didn't happen for a couple of different reasons, and that's okay, you know, with live radio or live TV or live podcast, you always got to be ready for the unexpected. So I had to real quick switch guests. And thankfully, I've got a waiting list to be on this show. So I called uh, another person. And unfortunately, they're supposed to be here right now. And I don't know where he is right now. So like they say, the show must go on, especially when you are broadcasting live. You can't wait for stuff. So you just got to be ready to roll with it. So we came up with the title, What to Do When Everything Falls Apart. And uh, being that I am a counselor, coach, speaker, therapist, motivational speaker as well, I was like, well, this would be the perfect opportunity to talk about anxiety and worry and what to do when your plans fall apart or what you were hoping for just seems to hit the fan, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, so I'll be having a conversation with uh, Lady J during this. And we'll, we're going to talk about the various ways that we've handled and we've learned to handle how to navigate. I guess that's the best way you could say it when everything does fall apart because your plans, you know, fall apart. And 
I've got personal experience with this on so many levels, even just recently, just going to be a little transparent here. Um, recently, you know, my job, I had my primary job that I was there 15 years and one day came in and in October, they said, Hey, guess what? Your department is now gone. No warning, no nothing. And that was a shock. And I did not realize how deeply that would affect me at the time. Um, I Thankfully, I got another job right away, but I had a real hard time waking up and being on time for the new job. And I didn't understand what was going on with me. And it took me about three weeks to get in the habit of it. And then I realized that I actually, I kind of fell into a depression, you know, because sometimes when you get hit with unexpected events and life changes happen, they can affect you in different ways. And of course I had anxiety right off the bat. Um, I panicked because I'm 55 years old and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I didn't have savings and I didn't have certain things. So my initial thought was fear and all kinds of insecurity started running in and racing in. And then the fear brought up anxiety and then that led to depression. Well, um, I thankfully was able to work myself out of it and it wasn't that long, but I really want to talk about you know, what happens when things fall apart? Because like even tonight with the show, we had a couple of changes last second and I got nervous again. I got anxious again. And I was thinking to myself, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have to just, you know, roll with. And I was like, all right, perfect time. The topic, you know, that I can talk about anything. And several of my classes and my clients, I talk to them. And one of the consistent things that always comes up is, Hey, Rhonda, I'm dealing with anxiety or I'm dealing with fear or I'm dealing with depression. And I don't know what to do, or I have worry. I have racing thoughts. I have intrusive dreams. And I just, I can't seem to get it to stop. How do I get control of my life again when everything fell apart? So thought about it. And I was like, that would be a perfect topic tonight. What do you do when everything falls apart? So that's what we're going to discuss today. So Lady J, I know you've had some things that have fallen apart in your life. And, uh, you know, when we find those things that have fallen apart, we discover that we're resilient, don't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> resilient is the word of the day. <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Leslie Hodge wrote a cover story about me for the magazine and she mm -hmm. entitled it resilience on repeat oh nice and let me tell you uh that is my life story okay yeah. um nothing goes as planned <laughs> right um things, or, uh, how we say that part yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. things falling apart definitely also sometimes will have you falling apart absolutely so, um i definitely know what that's like and you you were talking about being depressed because mm -hmm. you know it was unexpected and things of that sort i spent the last six months of my life uh here recently um being extremely depressed i, I was a little depressed anyway after the the aneurysm but right. extremely depressed because my life literally started to fall apart nothing when it's planned but for me, even though, you know, being a psychology major, even though mm -hmm. I mentor and counsel other people and mm -hmm. things of that sort, um, for me, it's not, 
I can't come from just a psychological or clinical or practical standpoint. I also have to look at it from a spiritual standpoint. Right. And sometimes we have to come to the realization that our plan is all is not is usually not the best plan. Yeah. So to us, and let me just oh, this is a testament. To me, <laughs> it was like everything was falling apart, but in actuality, everything was falling, falling into place. place. It was falling into place. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm glad that you said that, you know, because we both have our psychology backgrounds. We both counsel. We both, you know, lead tons of people and tons of people come to us. But here's the thing. A lot of times people don't think that we could be susceptible to anxiety, depression, grief, anything ourselves. And the reality is we're human and we deal with things just like everybody else. Now, it's a little bit harder to talk to people because you have to be selective with the people that you speak to that, you know, can bring you up and fill you up as well. But it's important to debrief and have somebody on your level that you can speak to and that you can release to that is not going to judge you, not going to change their mind about you and not going to think, well, now you're not qualified and see you as a real person because self-care is the most important part of being a, um, a helper. You know, when you're in the helping profession to help other people, we take on everybody's burdens and we're great at helping everybody else. And then we have to use the very same skills and the very same tools ourselves. And that's how I pulled myself out of the depression with my job. I, I realized it in three weeks. I was like, OK, Rhonda, wait a minute. What would you do? What would you tell a client right now? And I had to analyze myself. I had to evaluate myself. I'm like, you are slipping into a depression and you have to pull yourself out of it. And um, so I was able to recognize it and use the tools that I have with all of my clients. And I was able to pull it out. So and you realize that you're a lot more resilient once you come through something. But yeah, my heart pounds. I get anxiety just like everybody else. My mind starts to race just mm -hmm. like everybody else. What did you find that worked the best for you when everything was falling apart for you? How did you ground yourself, Lady J? I'm going to tell you uh, the same way I've grounded myself throughout all these years. And mm -hmm. people, I know people think it's cliche, but I'm telling you 100%, it's just God. Yeah. I literally have to, for most people, they need somebody to talk to or vent to. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I have to go into seclusion and then okay. I go into a mode of fasting and praying. The closer I can get to God, mm -hmm. um, the more I can hear him and like um, kind of cancel out the, all the extra noise. Right. Um, but at the same time, what's frustrating when I'm in that state, because that's the only way I can literally stay sane. Mm -hmm. If I am listening to other people's opinions, I even stop talking to my therapist because yeah. um, it's always well, what if this, you need to plan yeah. if this happens. I, I don't, I cannot be in a headspace right. of what if. I have yeah. to know, for me, my faith has to coincide, my faith has to carry me through the uncertainties. And I okay. know the only person that knows the provisions for those uncertainties is God. Okay. So um, the thing that sets me apart from most other mentors or counselors is I have a life experience and mm -hmm. a, a extra um, factor of my method that a lot of 
counselors, therapists, and you know what I'm saying um, mentors and stuff don't have it. You, there are things that you can offer to your clients when you know where they are, when you've gone through it yourself. Yeah. And, um, and they get to see some, sometimes they get to see bits and pieces of you going through that process yourself, you being Mm -hmm. in action. So um, a lot of people, like you said, when, when we are the ones going through, through stuff, people always think, well, well, dang, how she qualified to help somebody mm-hmm. she depressed herself? No, no, no. I'm no. Here just like everybody else. Yep. So watch me yes. go through this so you can pay attention on yep. how to do it and how to get through yep. it. This is what you need. Yeah, to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to set the pathway and just come behind me and see where the steps are. <laughs> yeah, but we have to utilize the exact same tools. You're exactly right with that. And, you know, a lot of times um, I tell clients as well, you know, those things that you go through, when you're in the midst of it, yeah, it feels horrible and you never think you're going to get out of it. But I tell you what, everything you go through is once you get to the other side, you're meant to go through that so that you have now the blueprint for other people because your pain is your platform for ministry. Your pl- your pain is your platform for breakthrough. Your pain is your platform to your purpose. And once you get in on the other side and it's really good when people can see you and and trust me, they watch, Oh, they are watching you, especially us. They're watching us to see, well, how do we handle it? Because at the end of the day, they look to you and they hold you in a high regard. And they're like, well, you know what, if Rhonda did it, or if lady J did it, well, let me see, how did she do it? I can do it too. And that gives them the courage because now we are the trailblazers and we may not know, we may be, you know, walking like we're in the dark with our hands up and hitting the walls and bumping into stuff. But I tell you what, we're going to forge our pathway. We're going to find a way through. It may not be straight. It may not be the expected pathway. It may not be the planned pathway, but doggone it, we're going to make a pathway. (laughs) We're going to find our way to the other side. And then when you are blessed to come through on the other side and you get through and you get your breakthrough and, you know, you you begin to heal from your pain, then you can go back and you can help somebody else. Because you know what, Lady J, as hard as it is for us when we go through, other people don't have the strength and they need your strength. Sometimes we have to resuscitate. We have to do like continual CPR mouth to mouth with the people when they're going through because they don't have the means or they may not be as strong enough because what we deal with other people, it could take them out. So they need to see the example of resilience in us, the Mm -hmm. reboundedness in us, or like you say, your bounce back ability Mm -hmm. in us to get the courage to at least try and at least see a possibility of, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, I can get to the other side. And there's another, there's another part to that too. When, when you are a person that has been called to, to provide those tools, those resources, those, you know, um, uh, those steps to help somebody else. Oftentimes we find ourselves doing that from a place of pain. Yeah. We don't get to turn it off. Like when, when we are going through something ourselves, what they don't, a lot of people don't even understand that they're witnessing Mm -hmm. us going through those steps. And then we are called then to, um, I won't say put our pain on, on a, on the back burner, but we are called to push through that and still 
pour yep. into and still encourage and still guide and still educate uh, yeah. while we're in that. And so that takes an enormous amount of willpower and strength because there are times, and I know you probably like, like it too, where you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Don't right. see me nobody. I don't right. need no clients right now. If right. I could have shut down completely for those yeah. six months and talk to absolutely nobody, that would be pretty unrealistic. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, you know, it's what you need. So, um, yeah, we have to be able to compartmentalize it. We've yeah. got to be able to bracket it. Well, the technical term, as you know, is we got to be able to bracket it. And that means yeah. we have to put it to the side because when we have our clients, they deserve our very best. They don't need, they don't deserve. Rhonda, that's going through something, Rhonda, that's scared. I need to be fully present in that moment because this could be life or death for them. And they need my full undivided attention. And I need to be able to bracket that, put it to the side and, you know, do my debriefing and do my work on my own and not bring it in front of my clients to be a barrier. So you're right. That takes an enormous amount of courage, mm -hmm. uh, resilience. Um, it, it's just amazing and the mantle that we carry and we're not saying this to be egotistical or boastful but it's just it is what it is when you're in a helping profession the mantle that you carry the burden that you carry is when people come to you they're pouring out everything and they're in the midst and it's such isn't it such a wonderful privilege lady j that god trusts us with his people oh yeah I mean, that yeah. alone right there is incredible that when God trusts you with his hurting people, mm -hmm. it's like you, your stuff has to come, go to the side and you, you right. have to learn how to fend for yourself, fight for yourself. And, you know, you, you've got to be able to go through it and straighten your shoulders, square yourself up and, you know, be there for that next person because they deserve that. They don't deserve a part of you. They deserve all of you. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you also have to realize too, that there are levels to, to when things fall apart too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there are some things, like I said, that can hit you so hard where you start to feel like you're falling apart. And it's at that time when uh, if you are a person of service, if you if you are a servant to others, and if you are, you know, a mentor and a therapist and a counselor to others, you have to um, know when it's time to take a step back and understand that Absolutely. I'm not in a mental space or right. an emotional space strong right. enough where I need to be pouring into right. helping someone else because right now I'm the person that needs to help. And that I think is um, extremely important when you are in that, when you are in that space, because if you don't do that and you um, are in a position where you're trying to help somebody, you can do more harm. Oh, absolutely. And help. Yeah. You fall into compassion fatigue one-on-one -on -one, and you fall into burnout, you know, and if you're burnt out, then you now become callous. You don't listen with the empathy that you should, and you don't right. regard the people and then they get a harsher version of you. And mm -hmm. that could be the very thing that pushes them over the edge, but you're absolutely right. You've got to know that's why self-care is so important for the one that cares for others. Self-care is essential. Debriefing is essential. You need to have a team. You need to have a way to release and also know when you're on that borderline of burnout yourself or compassion fatigue yourself. And yeah, you do need to step back. You do need to recharge. You do need to 
refuel and that way get yourself together so that you can come and, you know, present the best version of you possible because people are counting on you. Um, and you don't have to be a counselor for this either. You could be a mother. You could be, you know, your kids are pulling on you. Your spouse is pulling on you, your significant other. You could be a a leader at work. You could be a boss. And, you know, you want to make sure that you, you're, because, you know, especially in the corporate world. And that's one thing I saw with, with my previous company is as the stress came down from the top, Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing how the VPs and the presidents, they don't speak to the people on, on the levels that we were on. It, it trickles downward. And when it trickles downward, mm-hmm. then they can't say anything to their superiors. So then with a lot of times what people will do is they take it out on the people below them and you get a harsher version because their superiors didn't even say it that harshly to them. And they don't know how to deal with it. So they just push it down and push it down. And by the time it comes to us, we're getting a very harsh reality when it shouldn't have even been that way. But even if you're in a leadership position, you have to know when your your personal views or your personal stressors are getting in the way of you being an effective leader even. Or if, if you're a church and you know whoever you lead, you have to make sure that you are 100% good and able to serve without bias. That's the biggest thing, without bias and, you know, still have the patience and still have the time and still have the compassion yep. for the people. Mm-hmm. Or else you're going to break the morale of everybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, I know you mentioned like, uh, too, it's really big too when you're a parent because oh, when yeah. you're going through something like my kids, let's see. My kids already knew. They was like, uh-uh, you've been in this room too long. You ain't cooked in two weeks. What is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> right. They want their mama. <laughs> they don't give a dog on about all the shows. They want their mama. They want some exactly. high food. <laughs> they want exactly. some quality time. Yep. And and you have to too, um, just like just like you have a responsibility as uh, you know, as a as a therapist or a counselor to tell, you know not take clients at the time when, if you're a mother or like you said, somebody in church, something you have to learn how to communicate that. Like tell you, you know, tell your kids, you know, just give mommy a minute, you know, a day or two. I'm, you know, I'm going through something right now. Of course you have to still, life still goes on. So of course you still need to meet their necessities, you know, their needs or whatever, but um, taking that time for uh, your mental health and self-care is extremely important because when you don't, again, uh, you can do more harm that helps that's at home that's at you know church and community whatever so yeah and if you make those a point or if you make a promise especially to kids you know or employees or clients especially if you say hey we're going to revisit this you need to revisit that you can't just keep putting them off and putting them off you need to honor your word and revisit that and pick it up and say okay this is the time that i set aside for you and you know, manage your time effectively. Right. Um, yeah. Now, I, I know it's already 24 minutes in. I know we got to take a commercial break. And uh, and even though it's just you and I talking, I know we've got to get those in. So good spot to take a break, <laughs> run our commercials. And we'll be right back. Are you in need of a fresh perspective on relationships, wholeness, love, and transformation? Or are feeling consumed with hurts from the past and finding it difficult to overcome traumatic events? Well, contact licensed marriage and family therapist, Sharon Mason of Love That Relationship. 
she can get you back on the road to building a healthy and loving relationship with yourself and others. Love that relationship. Have you subscribed yet to the free bi-monthly digital interactive ego magazine? No? Well, head on over to www.egoentertainmentnet.com to subscribe now. This magazine is all about supporting and showcasing excellence in communities everywhere. From music, arts and culture, relationships, education, politics, celebrities, food, and so much more. While you're flipping through the pages, just click on the buttons and social icons and you'll be taken to a whole other world behind the articles and ads. At Ego Entertainment, everyone is a star. There is something in it for everyone. And we hope you are positively impacted by what you see and will continue to support Ego Magazine. Track CBPD by Arulo. If you are an entrepreneur, podcaster, radio host, cinematographer, or photographer and are in need of a space to work, the Ego Center is for you. A fully equipped radio podcast studio, photography and film studio, workstation, and small conference area are available for booking. Visit egoentertainmentnet.com to take a virtual tour, book, or join a membership program today. All right, and we are back talking about what to do when everything falls apart. And um, I heard a saying one time that um, the only thing constant in life is change. And, you know, when everything seems to fall apart, that is an immediate change, an unexpected plan. That's why we say it has fallen apart. So we're I'm talking with Lady J this evening. And um, we're having a great discussion uh, about how things fall apart. And um, what I would like to talk about is at the core of when things fall apart, there's a lot of components in place. So just think about it. If you've planned on something or you're looking forward to something happening and it doesn't turn out the way that you thought, or in essence, it falls apart in your perception or your mind, like uh, tonight, there was supposed to be a guest, there was supposed to be a couple of things that happened. And um, we just had to go and be ready to do the show. So we could have stress, could have thrown up a repeat, but I was like, no, we're going to push through this. We're going to just talk. And I am definitely able to just carry on a conversation. I have enough topics with clients and stuff that I could talk about and perfect timing, you know, to talk about anxiety, worry, and what to do when everything falls apart. So at the heart of when things fall apart is several different emotions. Number one is disappointment. Um, and these may be in no particular order. I'm just going to say them as they come to my head, uh, as far as relating to me. Okay. Uh, you would have disappointment. That could be an emotion that is immediately brought to the surface if something falls apart because you were looking forward to something and it didn't happen the way you wanted. So you could be disappointed. You could feel uh, anxious. You could have fear. You could be sad. You could be frustrated. You could have grief. You, you could be angry. There's all these components. So depending on what your situation is, doesn't we don't know what emotion you're going to be dealing with because that's going to be determined upon what the value of what you were looking to happen 
holds in your life. So for example, think about it. If you say you're going to get married and it's the day of your wedding, you know, and uh, on that day, uh, one of your, your spouse to be calls the wedding off. Well, that would be pretty, you'd have a whole lot of emotions, right? Especially if you prepared for it and you know, you've got shock, you've got embarrassment, you've got anger, you've got bewilderment, you got betrayal. So it, it just depends on the magnitude of what it is for what the, the emotions would be that come up for you. So for me, this evening, like we are right in the moment this evening, what came up for me, and I'm just going to be transparent, okay, is fear and anxiety. Now, that's an interesting topic. So Lady J, um, what do you think, and I'm just going to bring this up as a topic of discussion, what do you think is the difference between fear and anxiety? So... I mean, you can be anxious about something exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so anxiety is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, but it can be the gateway to fear. Exactly. If you're too anxious when it comes to something negative, that leads to fear. Now, fear can be paralyzing. Yeah. Um, you can be afraid and still move forward. Mm -hmm. Or you can be afraid and not go anywhere. Um, fear actually, um, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people say that fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. There is, n there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And nine times out of 10, whatever you are afraid about, someone else has gone through that before you. Exactly. Somewhere. Even if it's just one person, somebody else has gone through that before you. Um, and if it's something negative and you become anxious, uh, worrying about it. Okay. How am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Is this still going to take place? And then that turns into, oh my God, it's not going to happen. That then it goes into, you know, it goes into fear. Anxiety is like the, the beginning stage of, it like starts the car. Okay. It starts the car, the, you know, the fear car. Um, or if it's something great though, Oh, let's be honest though too you can be afraid of of good things too absolutely there are people absolutely. who are afraid to succeed absolutely you be one of those people absolutely okay well that's awesome um now i have a little bit i agree with what you said i have a, an additional perspective and not saying you know neither one of us is right or wrong it's just different perspectives okay i believe and it's true you brought up a very good point and anxiety isn't always bad you could be it could be a good thing to be anxious and fear isn't always bad. It's a good thing to be fear because fear is a natural emotion. We were created to have fear to protect ourselves and our bodies. As you know, we go, we can go into one of three states, fight, flight, or freeze. And you know, when fear is evident, okay. Um, I love the, the, the way I explain it to my clients that they seem to understand the best is you remember that movie, with Will Smith and his son, what was it called? Uh, end of day, end of earth or last day on earth or something like that. The, the, the one with his son, right? Mm -hmm. And he gives a speech about fear. And, you know, he's like, fear, you know, is uh, danger is real, but fear is a choice. That to a degree, I, 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 agree with that but fear is a natural emotion our bodies you know this is one of the things that we were created for it's you know part of the things for our survival you need to have a certain amount of healthy fear to keep you you know safe 
Yeah. And now fear though, now anxiety, you said a very one, uh, uh, interesting thing. You said fear can be paralyzing. So can anxiety. I tell you what, if you've never had a panic attack, anxiety can be paralyzing as well to where you can't breathe. Um, I remember when I had my, my one daughter, I never knew I had panic attacks until that time. And every time they would bring her into the room, I would get a panic attack and I didn't know what was happening to me. My tongue swelled up. My heart rate was like 200 and something over something. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I thought I was going to die. And the nurse said, it's all in your mind. And I'm like, no, it is not. Do you see those numbers? And they're like, when she was saying that it was making me more anxious and I literally had to calm myself down. But my perception is this is fear is at the heart of all anxiety states. Because think about it, the anxiety gets worse as the fear builds. And anxiety, you're worrying. I love, well, Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, he says this. He says, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. Anxiety is that thing I would think is a choice over, well, both of them could be a choice. Yeah. Because anxiety, you're worried about what might happen. You're not even sure. And our minds can go a thousand miles a minute and we can create scenarios. We can have it all play out. And our imagination is always worse than reality. Usually it's usually never turns out the way we thought or the way we feared it was going to turn out. Mm -hmm. So you put yourself through a lot of extra trauma um, by letting your thoughts race. And that's the number one complaint I get is Rhonda, I can't turn off my thoughts. And I came up with um, a three-step process that I use as one of my techniques. Now I'm not saying now fear is definitely real. Okay. Um, people can, you know, be afraid for a good reason, especially if they were hurt or they may have a phobia, but you know, it, it all depends on, on how it is embedded into your brain. But if you're having like racing thoughts, do you know, you cannot think about two things at the same time. You can't think about two things at the, you know, two yeah. different things. You can't do two different things at the same time. Like you can't think about one thing and sing it at, at, like at the opposite time. So like you can literally think about something else. You can immediately change your thoughts, you know, and then other thoughts are going to come in, especially when people try to meditate, they'll say, well, I try to meditate and I am not a meditator by any means. Okay. But, um, like I do it a little bit, but I'm not like a master meditator. But when you try to sit down and meditate, all these thoughts come to your mind and you can't quiet your mind and being able to quiet that mind. That's a key to getting through anxiety. And, you know, one of the things you could do is when those thoughts come up is, you know, just ask yourself, where is it coming from? Is it even real? Or is it something that I'm creating myself based off of fear or based off of insecurity or based off of, you know, anger, it, 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 whatever your situation is, it, it, there's could be many things fueling it underneath it. But I think fear is at the heart of anxiety. Um, I, I, I could, I agree with that perception as well with that, um, that side of it. I, I, I've only had panic attacks once in my life and that's when I was pregnant with my third child. Okay. Um, 
And I didn't know what was happening <laughs> at that time either. But uh, I forgot all about that actually till you say something. <laughs> How did you get through it? I actually I actually breathed and I actually had to talk myself down because nothing that the nurses were doing. I literally just went and did this thing like, okay, Rhonda, breathe. Because breathing can bring you right back to center. And like my sister, she is a, a Reiki person and a massage therapist. She's a Reiki master. And you know breathing is the key to a lot of things because a lot of times our breath is the first thing that gets dismantled or disrupted with our emotions as our emotions rise as our emotions change and even when a, a client's in front of me i'll ask them to pay attention to their breathing you know because a lot of times have you ever talked to one of your clients and they're like real upset and they're like, and, and, this and, and, and you know, uh -huh. and it's like, they can't even breathe while they're talking. Their, their breath is shallow. It's coming from here. And you just be like, okay, take a deep breath. Let's just, let's just bring you back to center. Let's just calm you down. And our breath is one of the first things that gets all messed up, but our breath is the very thing that can guide you into that peaceful state as well. You know, learning how to breathe properly, learning how, and that'll, ground your emotions as well. It'll ground your, all your system inside with your brain, your nerves, your everything. And, um, breathing is, is the basic core function. And right. that's one of the first things that gets messed up with our emotions. When things fall apart, your, your heart starts racing, your breathing gets all messed up and, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, that's a telltale sign that you got to take a step back and calm yourself and breathe and get, get back to, ground and you know bring yourself down yeah i think um i know for me i did breathe uh breathing was something i did to calm myself down i know now i think that what a lot of people should do i know some people meditate mm -hmm. um, but there is something that you should incorporate into your life it should become a sort of a lifestyle to help keep your anxiety low and you not go into or, or not allow fear to become a paralyzing factor or anxiety become a paralyzing factor. And that is um, for some people, it's meditation. For some right. people, it is like for me, it's um, um, I do devotion every morning. Okay. When I get up, the first thing I do is pray. Hmm. Okay. Um, prayer is my meditation. Okay. And, um, and devotion. And so I, I read the word and um, the more you feed yourself mm -hmm. um, positive things, or if you are a believer, the things of God and those uh, you allow yourself to speak into yourself, to encourage yourself. I have these, um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I've always had this thing called the strength wall in all of my houses. Oh, nice. And um, it's something that I tell my clients to do is to build a strength wall. Okay. Negative thing that was, planted in me every negative seed that was planted in me when I was younger um and throughout my lifetime or the things that I've experienced that caused me to believe the opposite of mm. who I am and who God says I am I made it a point to reverse that so to it replant and rebuild and so that could be it could be yeah. scriptures it can be um yeah. positive affirmations and I speak those things into myself mm -hmm. and you know um, and so I have that up in my, in my house. And nice. so for some people's meditation, for some people yeah. it's speaking those things into yourself daily. For some people it's prayer for some people yeah. it's, you know, um, but that should be a daily thing. So that yeah. way, no matter what comes your way, mm -hmm. you get better at not allowing it to completely take over 
right you know in in a negative manner where you find yourself hyperventilating or you find yourself you know <laughs> um uh feeling like you're having a heart attack or right. you know paralyzed right yeah, I like that. I love that idea of a strength wall and taking the things that people used to bring you down to be the very things that build you up. That's incredible. I love that. I might actually incorporate that myself. That's a good one. I might have to take that one from you, Lady J. Um, yeah, and it's so funny because what's well, not funny, it's on purpose that you say that and because you're bringing back to my remembrance in saying that something my mother used to always say to me and my sister, she would tell us to just simply pull a reverse. She said, when everything is going the wrong way and you feel bad and you're blue and you just in a funk, just pull a reverse and just automatically just pull a reverse and do and act the exact opposite of the way that you're feeling. And you know, what you focus on grows. So for example, you, if you smile and just, you know, smile for a couple of minutes, you will literally start to feel happier because, you know, have you ever been on the phone with a customer service person? I think you could tell if somebody is smiling on the phone or if they're, they got an attitude, but even just smiling is something that changes the whole chemistry of your brain because it's a happy thing and you actually feel lighter. You actually feel happier. Right. Uh, a lot of times I'll, for, um, I'll do that. I'll just pull a reverse, like my mother said, and I will do the exact opposite of how I'm feeling. Uh, for me, music is a thing that calms me and soothes me. And, um, writing. I'm a writer. So I'll write things down. A lot of times I'll get my feelings out on a piece of paper. I'll just start writing every single thing down that I'm feeling. And as I write it down, then I'll read it afterwards. And I get my answers as I speak, as I hear myself, but I need to express what I'm feeling. I'm not like uh, you had mentioned before you get away from everybody. I'm the exact opposite. I need to express <laughs> and I need to and I've learned not to, or I've learned not to burden everybody with it, you know, but or I'll, I've learned to say, hey, I need to vent. I don't need to say nothing. I just need you to vent. And the people that are closest to me know they're like, OK, go. And they just I just start and they don't have to say nothing. They could be doing whatever. I don't care if they're paying attention to me or not. I just need to verbalize it because as I speak, I get my answers. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just, that's how it's always worked for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So it works, it works different, you know, different things for different people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that um, even though I'm a person where people can vent to people feel comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, venting with me, of course, or whatever. Um, I'm just not one of those people that will pick up the phone and be like, Hey, let me tell you what's going mm -hmm. on. You know I'm right. Like, uh, <laughs> um, but I think for some people, they, they need that. It, and it's different mm -hmm. for everybody. I mean, whatever works for you is, is right. what works for you. And, um, I think too, that keeps a lot of people. If you, if you, if you have not mastered the ability to understand that there are going to be phases in life where you are mm -hmm. meant to stand and walk alone, because that yep. lesson is for you, yes. and you, um, I think that is what is most difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's where the suicidal ideation things begin yep. to come into play in the deep depression or manic, uh, you know, depressive people uh, begin to form because right. it's like you have not developed the understanding yet mm -hmm. that one, 
I think one of the main things we need to be able to tell ourselves when we do get into a, a, a place of like severe anxiety and fear is that this is temporary. Yeah, absolutely. When this we, too shall pass. Yeah, that's another thing my mother would always say. This too shall pass. And, and you're so right. We have seasons and valleys in our life. And there's going to be times where there's nobody to talk to. There's no, you are literally by yourself. And that is the thing. You know, a lot of times people can't stand to be by themselves because they're so dependent on other people yeah. for their validation, for their encouragement, for their decision making, for their everything. And you have to get to the point, and I, I think when you become more and more resilient and as you go through more and more things, you realize there really is nobody that can help you through it. It's, yes. a, it's a self journey. Yes. You know, you can talk to people, but you're right. The lessons that you need to learn have to be learned by you. Now, That's somebody right. can give you counsel. Somebody can give you advice. Somebody can give you support. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you we all have those friends where we've had this same conversation for years and it's like oh my god they're still in this i've done told them a thousand <laughs> times leave that joker or really? do you know and it's it, well i don't know what's happening Rhonda. it's like you're 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 blocking yourself because you're afraid to take that step but ultimately everything in your life is for a reason right. and just <laughs> Uh, you're going to get tested with the same thing until you learn the lesson. So a lot of times people will, will say, uh, you know, a certain relationship, for example, was a waste of their time. Mm -hmm. I disagree. Every relationship I've ever had has never been a waste of time, even if it was horrendous, because I've learned from every relationship, I've grown from every relationship, whether it was positive or negative. Mm -hmm. It has helped shape me into the woman that I am today. So mm -hmm. I've learned not to say this was a mistake or that was a mistake, or I wish I never did this. And I wish I never hooked up with that person. I wish I never married that person. That was the biggest mistake in my life. No, mm -hmm. everything is for a reason because there's a lesson. You mm -hmm. either have a lesson to learn or a lesson to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, and two, we also acquire certain knowledge and wisdom from mm -hmm. those, yeah, you mature. those yeah. Uh, situations. And um, when you were talking about, uh, when you were just talking about um, the lessons, we have to realize too, that um, you have to look at life as a big test. Mm -hmm. so when you're taking a test, you can't cheat off somebody else's paper. Nobody can nope. help in the test. So nope. It's literally when you are walking alone or parts of your journey where you have to stand alone, you have to walk alone, you yeah. are required then to utilize the all of the things that you've been taught by up to that point. Yeah. That, you know, um, was a friend or a confidant that listened, maybe mm -hmm. gave you some advice, a therapist or whoever the case may be. Even some of the even some of the situations that you were in previously and the lessons you learned from that you need to utilize those in order to get you through where you are now. And so I think if we just look at look at life, um, uh, understanding that um, pain is inevitable. Absolutely. Um, but and and the only thing that's eternal death is eternal pain is inevitable right. but um situations are changeable mm -hmm. so there it doesn't remain the same and i think right. that we are something in our minds automatically switches on and says oh 
this is never going to end. This is permanent. No, it's not permanent. It's only permanent if you allow it to turn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you could just make it through that dark time, if you could just make it through that, that experience that fell apart, it is so much better to go through it and to find yourself on the other side. Like tonight, we could have easily put up a rerun. We could have done that, but mm -hmm. no, I was like, no, let's, let's grasp this opportunity because this is real life happening right now. And let's mm -hmm. talk about what do you do when everything falls apart or when plans and expectations don't turn out? I got a gnat or something flying around here. <laughs> when, when situations don't turn out the way that you thought. Yeah, we could take the safe road and we could be like, hey, okay, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But mm -hmm. no, or we could press through. And if you got to go alone, you got to do it yourself. Then guess what? People will see us having mm -hmm. this discussion and it'll be a perfect opportunity for something. It's got, this is going to be right on time for somebody that's listening tonight. It's mm -hmm. going to be right on time between the things that you've brought, the things that I've brought, the ideas, they're going to listen and somebody's going to try something. Somebody's going to build a strength tower, uh, a strength wall. Is that what you mm -hmm. called it? A strength yeah. wall. Somebody else is going to, you know, maybe try writing or something that, that I brought up, Wh whatever it is, but our collective experience of, Hey, neither one of us were ready for this today. Um, well, let's just push through. <laughs> let's go through and let's, you know, talk about and people can see us in the moment. And even now I feel a lot more relaxed than I did when we first started. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that this is going to be, there's going to be meaning in this. It's going to be, it's purposeful. And you said something earlier, you know, as those, when you, when you are entrusted with other people, um, it brings in my mind, you know, uh, and it is a scripture, you know, to, to whom much is given, much is required. Right. Trust me, we are going to be tested. Mm -hmm. And if we can't handle something and if we get into the habit of just canceling or running away and doing something that is safe, then what are you going to do in the midst of an immediate emergency where somebody's life is on the line? Mm -hmm. You have, you can't be like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not ready. I'm right <laughs> back. Um, you can't do that. Or, you just can't do that. And like, okay, I need a minute to collect myself because you have to be ready to, to go with whatever you're dealt with at that moment and not mm -hmm. let it shake you or break you and work through, push past the fear, push past the anxiety, push right. past all of that, because that's the only way you're going to build up resilience. Resilience is built by resistance. You know, right. you can see how much you, you know, when you have a certain amount of resistance against you, when you overcome that resistance, now you have become resilient. But there's no resilience without overcoming resistance. Right. So I need to write that down. That's a quote. That's going to be a Rhonda <laughs> drop. Uh, that's going to be a quote. <laughs> I think that, um, too, uh, one thing I want to leave everyone with when um, the question is what to do when everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to say, um, at the very basic level, I would suggest that people do this in this order. One, allow yourself to feel what it is that you're feeling, Absolutely. but you can't allow yourself to stay there. Yeah. Um, two, so, and that two, you can uh, take the time to react mm -hmm. um, the way you, you know, the way 
that you feel you need to. So if that's crying, if that's screaming at the top right. of your lungs, do that. Trust and believe you me. I have done it. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I recall dropping my son off at work one time and I just pulled over in the parking lot and I just bawled like mm-hmm. in the parking lot, um, in my car. And I took wow. that time to feel what I needed to yeah. feel to release, um, screaming, crying, all of those things are healthy. it's a form of of release Mm -hmm. and then you need to then look at the situation uh from all angles don't automatically jump to right oh my god this is the most horrible thing no because oftentimes what you'll find is as you start the process once you understand that this is a a temporary thing and it's not permanent Mm -hmm. once you start the process to go through the phase of accepting Mm -hmm. the situation for what it is and then figuring out um, how you need to maneuver through it in order to learn the lesson that you need to learn, you'll find that what you were uh, planning uh, for or whatever you was holding on to, whatever the case may be, really ain't what you wanted or right. what you needed or because this right. is a better way, this is a better person, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So now you find yourself going from being upset to thankful. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And you realize you, you dodged a bullet. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I want to just encourage everybody to do to do those things. Allow yourself mm-hmm. to feel what it is you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, react to what it is that you're feeling and then move on into, you know, what I'm saying assessing the situation. Look at it from all angles, not just from the place of your pain, like really right. look at the situation. Right. I agree with that. And, um, and you're so right. And I I love the way that you put that because you know, it's very important. You, you must feel in order to heal. And a lot of times people push stuff down and they push it down and they push it down and they push it down. Well, just like if you try to load a trash can, a dumpster with a bunch of garbage, you're eventually going to get to the point where the lid is going to be over and you can't stuff anything else in and it's going to spill over. You can keep pushing it down and pushing it down, but it's going to, the more you pile on, the more it's going to stink. And eventually you can't contain it all. So you have to go out and dump it and allow yourself to, you know, release it and give yourself the space for a replenishing or a refueling. So you've got to feel to heal. You cannot not deal with something. You have to deal with something. You've got to feel it. And then you work through and yeah. And if it is something that comes through, you know, uh, unexpectedly, um, I like what you said, allow yourself to react as well. And Mm -hmm. once you allow yourself to react, I would just, I would just add in there, you know, Take a moment to breathe and center yourself. And, you know, once you center yourself and once you're at a a somewhat calm state, you never make a decision out of a emotional state because that's never a good place to make it. And like you said, consider all your options. And sometimes you don't got to make that decision right then and there. You don't have to decide it and fix it in this moment. Sometimes you need to sit in the moment and allow the feelings to come and, and do that because you know what? tomorrow you're going to feel a lot better. So you don't always have to deal with it right in that moment. Right. Right. And those, and when you, like you said, when you don't allow yourself to feel Mm -hmm. that manifests in other ways, it can manifest in a physical way and literally cause physical issues, you know, medical issues. You have to allow yourself to feel. Um, Because, and, and also 
if it doesn't, if the met, if if the physical part doesn't manifest itself first, then you'll find yourself picking up unhealthy coping yep. mechanisms yep. for your journey of transition yes. from that situation into better, and then you'll find yourself stuck in limbo. Yep. So exactly. And if you don't deal with this stuff and process it, then guess what? You now are the one with the baggage and you're carrying it into the next relationship. You're carrying that into the next thing. It's not them. Then at that point, it's you because you have not processed your emotions. You haven't processed your stuff. So everything falls apart for a reason. And, you know, without that resistance, you'll never find out how resilient you can be. And um, this has been a great discussion and it was on purpose the way that it happened and so i'm just so grateful lady j uh for jumping in there with me and having this discussion because uh yeah this was good this was a good one i can't wait to watch it back and see what we said this was a good one (laughs) now next week we do have gary davis and next level boys academy that will be coming on i'm looking forward to that we'll round out black history month with that and everything that this man is doing, he is making history in the city of Atlanta. So I thank everybody for joining. And before we go, I forgot to mention my sponsor. I got to plug him in there, Rob Delitas, ERPtherapy.com. He does ERP therapy for addiction. Make sure you contact him and he does corporate training and everything. And he is a premier sponsor. His commercial, we're in the middle of making it now. So soon you won't hear me saying it. We'll have an actual nice commercial. If you want to be a guest, send me an email to mepoweredwithronda at gmail. And remember, Everything you need is already inside of you. Have a great night.